0: everybody, welcome to another episode of Small Time Songwriter. My name is Angel Corsi. I am, of course, your Small Time Songwriter. Um, you might hear Barrett walking around. He's still here nursing me. Uh, I'm still in bed. I'm actually um, healing quite nicely from my final surgery, so I'm super stoked to get that over with. Got to get the stitches out, so I might sound a little marble-mouthed right now, but I'll do my best to enunciate. Um, you might notice also that my... Um, my audio quality hopefully is much better because I finally got motivated enough to grab my interface and my condenser mic. Unfortunately, you can definitely hear that my voice is a little um-num-num num, kind of. <laughs> I don't think it's an actual term. Um-num-num. Num, I don't think it's, but you might hear, um, maybe too much detail in my voice at the moment, but I'll do my best to, uh, to keep that to a minimum um speaking of condenser mics as you know they're very sensitive microphones and often used in the studio and i am in my bedroom instead of my home studio because i'm healing so you're definitely going to hear bear's paws and occasionally you're probably going to hear him chewing on his food uh that he just got (laughs) but um you might recall last week we talked about priorities for um you know, what we wanted and what I wanted and, and, and focusing the priorities between gear and merch or other sort of uh, uh, side quests, I guess, when it comes to the small-time songwriter life. Uh, I decided to choose my gear. I chose a nice um, list of stuff that I think is going to make me sound as close to how I imagine I would want to sound, uh, especially for live music, and it's good to prioritize that kind of stuff. Now, I wanted to talk to you this week about social media, And I know it may seem like I'm opposed to it, especially with my website episode and um, just pretty much how I dunk on it on a daily basis. But I'm not opposed to it. I'm not. I think what I really see is that I see a lot of people um, using it very effectively, and I'm not really sure how to do that yet. And I can see that it's very beneficial to them. And probably more beneficial than I could ever make it for me, to be honest. But I'm just, I'm just not that good at it overall. You know, it's just not my bag. It's not something that I do um, naturally. So I've been trying to learn how to do it better. But to be totally honest with you, I, I realized a lot of my, my hang up with social media has more to do with my mental side, my mental, uh, my mental state, my mental ability, um, because I'm just mentally, I'm not very good, um, social media has not been very, very good to me, it takes a lot out of me and my personality style, um, I know it's good to use it, I know you have to use it, I understand that it's basically a big stick that you have to learn how to, uh, wield, but it's just not my forte, because it's only burned me out, I've only had burnout problems, I've gotten overwhelmed, I've created chaos, I've had drama llama, I've had fights, it's been a whole thing, and, um, And I've been very antisocial, just as in my nature is very antisocial. I'm I'm pretty introverted, believe it or not. Um, I do like to come out of my show and have conversations with people. I do like to get to know people. And as writers and songwriters, I think it's important to do that. But I do always like to have it on my own terms. And it sometimes feels like social media is on social media's terms, you know what I mean? It's not so much on my terms, so I don't get the, that ability to decide how much I want to, to be in it and share in it and be as social as I feel like. Um, so like I said, big stick. Got to learn how to wield it because we're doing the small-time life and we're working on the small-time scale. So it means I got to get good at um, working with social media to what I think is going to be the best call. So it took a little research, and it took a little rambling. So let's get right into it. So this week, I was reading a lot on social media as a whole, and its impact on our culture, its impact on our mental health. And once I got through that complete nightmare, apocalyptic crash of our society thing, <laughs> I started to meditate on how I could make it more balanced for me, and my goals, and my small, small-time songwriter life. It eventually got me wrestling with it, um back and forth uh, with morality you know i kind of thought like how can i really find balance in this and i'm not going to divulge too much here about um that kind of stuff and my my own personal um emotions when it comes to mental health and social media and its relation to how it can affect me or trigger me or whatever but what i will say is that we are talking about music business today so i want to i want to stay on track on that um but i will tell you that I got to a good spot with it and I have a good idea of how to approach it within my own spirit, right? So now that I can move on from that space, I can start thinking about how to use it as a small timer. I I read this article and uh, to be honest, I read a lot of articles uh, and uh, also went from like books and music business marketing and my books on music, business, marketing, you know, my Berkeley books and all that stuff. And then I also, uh, of course, um, was looking at YouTube and podcasts and all that good stuff. And the thing that I always saw was um, things that just weren't applying to what I wanted to do when it came to being a small time songwriter and using social media to benefit that or enhance that and grow that um, the reality is um, a lot of those things are kind of a mixture of things that work but maybe I'm not ready for or things that don't work at all and just much as sneak oil salesman you know what I mean so um, you can always tell because it's always clickbait stuff like uh, make $30,000 in 30 days or you know sign up for TikTok now and do these five things that are going to um, you know know make you a millionaire or whatever or you know be on all the hottest spotify playlists today and in in 20 minutes or whatever just buy this book or download this software or whatever and you know it's not that any of those things are bad a lot of those things can be good and some of them are really just valid things and helpful and everyone's trying to make their own little pocket in the industry but the reality is it is an industry it is a well Um, oiled industry. It is something that people make money off of small timers like us not being not sure what to do and how to approach uh, social media in general. Okay, so after reading all that stuff, I found some people that I really just appreciated a mixture of some of the books I had from Berkeley on music business. And then I started thinking about how to apply these fundamental practices into social media as a as a tactic, right? Um, one thing I realized over that time was I have to focus on long-term goals. Um, my long-term goals being more practical than 30,000 followers in 30 days. I I wanted to focus on things like keeping long-term connections with people and, uh, filling out my calendar with gigs or, you know, getting cash, but from, from the very bottom, starting at the open mic scene, starting at the one-on-one connect with people individually on, on, uh, on social media so that I can open new doors. You know what I mean? So it was basically talking about the micro scale, the small timer scale that we always talk about on this podcast. And there just isn't a lot of information about that. So I really had to come up with my own method about how I wanted to approach this. And that's how come... I wanted to share this with you because it it really helped me unpack everything and I really felt good about um, what I was thinking about and I I feel like I have a good sense of direction right now and I feel like if I can share that with you, you might find that... um, it can be helpful to you in your direction as you make your choices. Now, again, just like always, these are my experiments and experiences, and I'm not expecting you to follow me step by step or even agree with me totally. So, if you don't agree with me, or if you, you know, even if you find some value in this, I want you to talk to me about it. I really want to send, hear your messages or see your comments about it, and uh, let me know what you think about this episode. Um, but here, here's my approach to it. Okay, so I started thinking about what social media was. Right. And how to apply it in a small timer kind of uh, mindset. Right. And then I started thinking, oh, it's a mindset. I got to change my mindset here because there are certain things that I do with social media that just kind of um, focus on what I believe to be the wrong things. So first I had to figure out what is social media to me. And then I got it. It's online word of mouth. And when I say online word of mouth, what I'm trying to say is that it's like, it's like, um, considering everything that I post um, so basically it, when I post something sometimes I'll do it in a very frivolous way but I started changing I'm starting try I'm attempting to change my mindset about that and think about okay if I'm using social media as a way for online word of mouth what I'm really doing is I'm posting to a person on the other end on their on their phone, and they're looking at my post and I'm not just trying to connect with that person. I'm trying to have them see what I'm posting and have that person talk to another person about what I'm posting. You see what I mean? It's word of mouth. It's like whenever I'm doing something, I'm not just doing it for the one. It's not end to end user. It's like I go from my creative space to them accepting that, but also giving them something worthy enough or interesting enough, hopefully, over time um, for them to share with other people. Just like you guys have been helping me spread the word about Small Time Songwriter, um, it sort of works in the same way. It's not just about me giving you direct goals. It's me saying, this is who I am. This is me trying to um, attempt something. And it kind of relates to you. And maybe you can relate to it enough that you want to attempt it. But then you also relate to it enough to want to tell other people to attempt it. That's kind of the idea of online word of mouth. So when I started thinking about that, I started thinking about my mindset as a social media user. And then I thought, oh, there's a, there's the problem. I'm thinking of the situation as me being the user rather than using it as a promotion, as a, as a space to promote my art or my, um, my music or myself. And I thought about that, and I thought, you know, there's kind of an intention, a, a sort of a, an agreement that we have with our fans on social media, you know, or our followers or whatever you want to call it. And the agreement is basically, we make the content as creators, as artists, And we make content that is worth sharing for our fans. And those fans happily invest in us. And they invest money and time and likes and good comments and support and uh, sharing to other people. So with this agreement in mind, I don't need to be looking at social media as a user. I need to be looking at it as a promoter. You know, I need to be looking at it from a different... as an artist, you know, as a creator. And... You know, maybe this is all pretty obvious to you, but it wasn't always obvious to me. I do believe there's a balance there that we can kind of toggle between artist and user. But I think for me and my goals, I need to really focus on showing that I'm a creator of things. So maybe that's something for you to consider as well. The other thing I was thinking about is burnout is real, man. It is real. We don't have enough time for everything, especially videos. They're exhausting They're exhausting for me. If you ever tried to make your own video, it takes so long. You got to edit. You got to set up the shot. You got to make the audio work. It's like a whole thing. So my thought was rest when you can. And I thought, you know, that kind of aligns with a lot of the things that I was reading, um, especially from industry people that have been around forever and worked with the tech giants. It's like rest when you can and spread out the effort so that you don't burn out every time. You know, we're so used to getting goals. Um... Like, we're, we're so used to putting our heart and soul into every song and every sort of artistic endeavor that we forget that that is exhausting and it takes up a lot of energy. So, yeah, you can put your heart and soul into the album and love it like your baby, and that's okay. That's what you're supposed to do as an artist. But when you do that and you don't spread it out a little bit and then you release it, and then you're supposed to come up with something else immediately after that, you just burn out. That's what happens to me all the time. I like work my way, grind my way, do everything I can, blood, sweat, and tears to make this one thing happen. It happens, and then I don't have a follow-up. I don't have an idea of what I'm supposed to do next. So instead of doing that for the social side, maybe, maybe if I considered spreading it out a little bit, You know, maybe instead of rushing to the finish line, I can just sort of spread it out. Instead of um, releasing an album and saying, look at my heart and soul in this album, I can release a bunch of singles throughout the year and then put it on an album. These are just thoughts rolling through my head. But my main thing is like, Burnout is real so keep it in mind understand that it happens for a reason and it usually happens because we're putting too much energy into something that's taking away too much energy so maybe if we spread out the board a little bit we can balance the burnout just a little bit more you know take a large goal that you have and then make it a little smaller you know um, and just chip at it so that you can parse it out as you go through the through your social media landscape, right? I think that kind of is going to help me reframe how I approach it. And hopefully it's helping you reframe it as I speak about it. So speaking of that, um, the other thing that I was thinking about is that I can spend my whole damn day on social media. I, I mean, I can spend my whole day on it. It's just, it's mindless scrolling sometimes, especially if I'm like having an episode and I'm depressed or whatever. And one thing that I can forget during the time where I'm trying to solve whether I'm asking the right questions or posting the right photos is shouldn't I be spending time making music? See I haven't been able to make music right now I'm 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 going through the the convalescence uh, which is a new word for me but I'm going through the convalescence and also my shoulder is completely wrecked so I can barely play guitar Um, in fact it hurts like hell today but I'm getting through it um But, like, I can barely play guitar, so I'm not really able to do a lot of music. But I got to keep the wheels going. I got to keep the momentum going. So I'm doing the podcast. I'm um, uh, reading my books. I'm revisiting old songs. I'm revis- revisiting um, old theory. Um, I'm learning new things, that kind of stuff, just to keep the, the wheels moving. But I just kept thinking to myself, like, how crazy is it? How crazy is it that the idea of being a musician and not making like and not making music – you know, being a musician online and not making music, you know, or or being a musician online on social media and only, only posting comedy videos. It's nuts, right? I mean, it sounds ridiculous, but it totally happens. And we all know that we've done it and we've seen people do it. And you know we've all had that person that we follow as a musician that's just following the latest social media trends right and their music page has like more dance videos and quick changes over concert photography or songwriting you know and i don't know if i don't know if that's the way to go i really don't um i'm not an expert i'm i'm just an amateur i'm just learning this stuff and i've seen it work for people so i'm sure it does work to an extent because they have way more followers than me. I'm sure they have more success than I do. Uh, but I'm small time. And and if you're small time, you ain't ready for that life. And I'm not ready for that life either. It freaks me out. I need the fundamentals. And the fundamentals say, spend more time making music than being on social media in my mind. You know, the this, the other thing that I noticed when I speak... To uh, friends and songwriters is that we, we don't even want to be on social media like that. Like we just want to be users. We don't want to be creators and artists on social media. We, we, we look at it in such a strange light, you know we look at it in such a way of like, it's a big waste of time and it doesn't get us the results that we're looking for. So I don't know why we're putting all this energy in and it's exhausting. And we got to look for the new social media app all the time. And we wish there was another way, but we don't know what other way there could be. And you know, and then it occurred to me, the, the issue is not the application itself. It might just be our efficiency with the application. In other words, Don't waste time unless you feel like it. I think it's super important, especially in interactions and posting stuff. I want to make sure that when I'm posting something, whether it's necessary or unnecessary, whether I'm commenting or responding to a DM, I'm doing it because it brings me joy to do it. It brings me joy to share. It brings me joy to connect. And it's not something that I feel obligated with. Because when you feel obligated to your phone it's a terrible feeling because it's an inanimate fucking object. You feel tied to something that doesn't even have a soul. You know what I mean? So it tears you down. It makes you feel like you're less than nothing because you are angry or upset or frustrated or stressed out with something that doesn't have any feelings. You know what I mean? So it can be very overwhelming. So I think it's really important um, that that we, but I'm saying I, that I try to be as efficient as possible when I'm posting stuff and interacting. Uh, Sometimes I'll go on this like, um, and I don't think anybody's really picked up on it though, but when I'm doing comments or when I'm doing posts or when I'm doing comments and responding to stories and stuff that I see of other users um, and like friends and fans and stuff like that, um, I kind of do it in bulk. Like I'll... I'll decide sometime during the day. I'm just going to start replying to anything I can. I'll make a joke or anything that speaks to me. If it's funny or if I find it entertaining or interesting, I'll comment on it. And I just do it for a little block of time, and then I go back to my life. And that's kind of... I think that's one of the moves, you know? Um, The other thing that I was thinking about is what is the actual end game? You know, we get these likes, but for what? What are they for? They don't do anything, right? We all know this, like but it bears repeating. Likes don't equal anything but exposure, right? Am I right? I mean, social media is just a new exposure gig, you know what I'm saying? Like, a lot of people saw you, yeah, that's for sure, but what did you do with it? Do they get you to the next gig? Are you talking to them on a regular enough basis? Are they going to care when you release something important to you? You know, right now, I did a you know, before I started this podcast, before I started trying to reactivate as a small-time songwriter, I wiped out my social media so that I can start from a place where I'm pretty sure that most of the people that follow me care about what I'm doing. And it's proving to be right in the plays that I have on my social media, I mean, on my podcast. It's not a ton of plays. I don't have a lot of fans or anything like that online yet. I haven't been able to do shows, so I can't imagine um, it growing very fast at the moment. But... What I do see is I do see an actual correlation and relation when I see, like, the people that comment on the stuff related to Small Time Songwriter and the plays that I see happening. And if they aren't doing that, they are going to do that eventually. I can feel that momentum of, like, you know, I didn't get a chance to listen to it exactly when you posted it, but I'm listening to it now kind of thing and i think that's kind of the the thing we have to wrestle with. Yeah, you can get all the likes you want, but if they don't equal fans or connections, real connections, then they're kind of useless. You know, they're 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 just for the ego, they're just for the sake of appearance, you know, which which you can pivot with. You know, you can use appearance and 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 that sheen, that gloss that, that thing that says, I have a lot of followers, you can use that to pivot into bigger, adv- advantageous places. But is it going to fulfill the part of you that makes you feel like you're not just, you know, part of the, the machine, you know? That's kind of the thing that we all have to wrestle with as artists. And I don't have a real answer. I just know that for me personally, I'd rather have less followers and less podcast plays, but have more conversations than not have that. So I guess it's up to you to decide. All right, so the other thing that I found that was really interesting when I looked up statistics and all that is you can actually lose followers by posting too much on social media. Now, I've always had the opposite experience, or at least I've always heard that. I've always heard that, like, you have to be on the ball and you have to constantly, constantly post about stuff and you have to share every single moment and time of your day, but from what I can tell, despite what these companies say, you know, you you actually can put a lot of people off that you care about that you want to keep as fans. You can actually put them off by posting too often and too much. Um, So one thing that we have to consider is that yes, the companies are going to get more eyes on us posting more, but and what I mean by that is, uh, you know, like TikTok apparently has a really great system of pumping up anything that has any engagement, Right. Um, apparently Instagram and and Facebook are pretty terrible at this, but TikTok is very good at like, if this is popular, we're going to make this more popular. And my thought is, you know, yes, you have more eyes on it, but are they your fans? Are they the right eyes? You know, the fans, they see you and post every snippet, right? The fans that see you like post every snippet, every second of your day, they have a tendency to tune you out. (laughs) <laughs> my dogs are going nuts <laughs> please stand by okay so now that I that I quiet the, the boys down sorry that was pretty funny that's the two basset hounds having a howling contest I hope you can hear it um anyway uh where was I um yeah posting too much makes your fans tune out there's a case to be made that if you work in the music industry as a professional, which is what we're trying to do, whats what I'm trying to do, you should probably only post relevant stuff once a week or so. Or at least follow, if you're going to post a lot during a day, do it in a um, systematic way. In other words, if it's a particularly important day, like I'm playing this festival, so here's all this behind-the-scenes footage, it makes more sense. You have to pick and choose wisely and think about who is actually following you on the platform and what they actually want to see from you if it's fans, they probably want to see what you're doing, you know, what, what, what got them there in the first place. So, this is all theory, of course, I'm not really sure, but I'm assuming that anybody that's following me um, has heard some of my songs, or at least cares enough about my songs, uh, cares enough about my content and stuff like this, where I'm trying to help my, uh, my fellow songwriters and and work with them in the community sense, you know, like I'm not just some kind of teacher, I'm a participant as well and really care about, you know, just how I am as a person, what I believe in. So if they if if they're there for those reasons, there's not really a you know, there's not a lot of there's not a lot of purpose in me like doing irrelevant posts related to if they're not related to those things in some way. You know, and speaking of irrelevance, um, <laughs> the other thing I discovered in my little researching was um, there's some hype train problems here, man. <laughs> the platforms, they, they can seduce you and pressure you into doing new social media apps all the time. Um, that's kind of their job, right? And what we have to do, what I have to do, is not fall for that stuff. I have to have some self-awareness. I have to know what's right for me. You know, here's an example. I found this thing about hashtags because I was like, you know, I haven't heard anybody really talk about hashtags. In fact, when I've heard people talk about it, they're like, ugh, hashtags are like so over. But but statistically, they're pretty useful on a small scale. See, every hype train of uh, some rising social media app It's all just marketing. There's strategies to garner new users. So when they make these claims for their like clickbait headlines, it's from the scale of like billions of users around the world. But we don't need that many, right? Like I don't need that many users all the time. Most of the time, I just need a few thousand so that I can pick up 20 or 30. You know what I'm saying? So. Here's some math I did beforehand because I'm terrible at math, and I probably won't even get this right, to be honest, but I tried to Google it. Um, (laughs) But, uh, okay, so Instagram has 1.4 billion users, right? So say, just for the sake of simplicity, there are 1.4 billion users, and 2% of those users use hashtags. That means when I use the hashtag small-time songwriter and 2% of 1.4 billion users use small-time songwriter hashtag, I just gained access to 280 million people. And I did it while no one was looking. And I think that's kind of the idea. It's about focusing through scale, focusing our goals through scale, focusing my goals to scale, and then scaling up. Kind of like a... Like a small business turns into a corporation, you know, you start like as a small bakery and then all of a sudden you're like this big conglomerate. And I think that's kind of the idea that I have to approach this with, with social media. I, it helps me. It helps me not stress out so much about how many followers or how often I'm getting them or whether my my uh, insights are strong or if my promotion game is strong or whatever. It gives me room to, to maneuver and uh, experiment, but also... I can always keep track of being um, very true to myself I can always keep track of of moving at the pace that I think I'm supposed to move and not worry so much about what every influencer around me is trying to tell me to do you know I think it's not that they're wrong it's just that they're starting from a scale that I'm not ready to to be at yet so if you're like me and you're not really ready to like take on the chaos of running a a a a, an Instagram or Facebook or social media empire then you need to start small and starting small means you have to start with the smaller things and the smaller things are you know hashtags that will give will get you 30 people out of 2,000 people instead of trying to get 2,000 out of 100,000 so that's just kind of like my thought about that kind of stuff Um, Those are some thoughts I have anyway, and I just kept unpacking and unpacking, and one of the things that helps me unpack is if I really break down what things mean. So, my songwriting approach is very, like, Berkeley MI-oriented, it's very, like, it's very, uh, uh what's the word? It's very by numbers. You know what I mean? It's not so, I mean, it it does have an artist slant because of some schooling that I had, but it's very much like break into the minutia so that you can unpack and understand better. So for me, I really like to break down things and then break them down more so that I can definitely feel like I absorbed and understood them on a different level, on a, on a micro level so that I can, um, piece it together and have it have more meaning. My example of that is like when I write a lyric, I'll often count the syllables or I'll think about the rhyme scheme and start tracking that as a whole throughout the song. It's a way for me to unpack it and understand it better, so let's look at the idea of social media. What is social media? I looked up the definition and it's just defined as websites and applications that enable users to create and share content or participate in social networking. Now. There's this connection between social media and the idea of social networking. So I had to think to myself, what is social networking? So I looked that up. And the definition of that is the use of dedicated websites and applications to interact with other users or to find people with similar interests. Okay, so see where I'm going with this? I broke it down past the surface level, and now I can kind of get my head wrapped around my goals or wrapped around how I view social media so that I can create my goals. All right, so if I break it down, what do I hear? I hear similar interests, similar interests being my music, my art, interaction, um, networking, social, finding people. So for me, that equals finding fans and connecting with them, becoming closer with fans and friends, no matter the amount of distance between us. Social media is the platform of your choice, right? So like social media is Facebook or Instagram or YouTube or TikTok. Social networking is what you do on that platform. So the question is, what is... How does this apply to a small time songwriter? What is it? What does social media mean to small time songwriters? As far as I can tell, it means a couple of things. One, it means online word of mouth, like we talked about before, it's where your fans are. And then I started sort of fixating on this idea where your fans are. And I started thinking, okay, that's something to think about. Where your fans are where are the fans? Where are my fans? And Then I thought, who are my fans? Who likes my music, and where are they? So, the way I can figure this out was I started to think of social media platforms as physical places. You know, I put it in terms that I can understand things that were familiar. I put it in terms of, like, gigs or music venues. If social media was a hangout spot. What kind of hangout spot would it be? For instance, like what is Facebook? To me, it's uh, the saloon hang, right? It's like the pub where people casually talk about all sorts of things and they don't have any particular direction because they're spinning on cocktails and beer. <laughs> they're singing and smiling together, but sometimes they get into fistfights. That's Facebook to me. And and then I thought, what is Instagram? And I thought, oh, it's the coffee house. To me, it's the coffee house. It's trying hard to be cool by not trying at all. You know what I mean? It's sharing obtuse daydreams over cappuccinos and exploring expression through pour overs and amateur photography. Or maybe it's <laughs> so stupid. Or maybe it's the art center, right? Uh, where the art is like varies from like good to pretty awesome to not so good, but focuses on self-expression and builds a community. You know, it's wrapped up in a community of support um, of like-minded individuals. That to me is resonates as Instagram. You know, TikTok... I don't know too much about TikTok, except that everybody I know that's way younger than me uses it. I kind of look at it as like the college rec room where it's kind of young and fun and harmless, but gets into plenty of its own trouble and makes questionable decisions. <laughs> or maybe it's like a dance club, right? Like a like playing Euro trash or something, like blasting songs about Ibiza with lasers blinding their eyes and you hug and you're sweaty and you smile with sardine packed crowds, people tripping on Molly. That to me is kind of TikTok. <laughs> But the more I think about the idea of social media, the more I found that what it really is, is it's just a marketing platform for selling yourself, which it's not, it's not super enlightening for me to say that. I think we all kind of know that or have heard that. But if you think about it, your expression, your brand, your body, your art, your soul, your virtue, it's all on display on social media. It's a giant advertisement, big old billboard of yourself. Now, I'm not judging it. I used to judge it. I have judged it before, and that's probably why I burned out, because I was thinking too much about it feeling icky. But the more I think about it, the more I realize that there's nothing to have a judgment about. You can either feel about it, and you can feel about it however you want, because it could be risky long-term, as we've seen, but it also has a lot of freedom. It has a lot of freedom because you can't always be the way that you want to be in life. You know, you always run into different aspects of your life where you can't be yourself. You have to, you know, uh, button up for work or you can't bring up a certain thing to a certain family member or you got to watch the way you speak around certain people or maybe you're interacting with someone on a professional level or whatever. So you don't get to really just have the freedom of expressing yourself as yourself. And that's what social media is for. It's a big old marketing billboard that says, this is how I actually am. This is what you're buying. Now, when I started thinking about marketing, I started applying it to my Berkeley business books you know, and I started looking at my music business books and all that stuff and and some of the other things that i've that I've learned and have gone through and i and as I've learned it i as I've sort of put it in the backdrop of that, I realized um if marketing is social media if social media is marketing then it's it's not just social media it's social medium because marketing is just a reaction to whatever the medium is so in my mind marketing is as old as taxes at this point right in regards to music marketing we've had we've always had teams of people doing and and like do-it-yourselfers marketing music and they were always doing it through the era's social medium right you know, when, I'll just go back in time a little bit, right, so pretend it's the Greenwich uh, Village era, right, the Bob Dylan, Joan Baez, Sam Cooke kind of, kind of time, and they're taking over that New York district, and it's a bunch of artsy folk music, soul music, blues music kind of stuff happening, and, and the scene is starting to bop, right, so they got the, that, that scene that happened, that's a, that's social, that's a social medium, there's all these people connecting during this one, spaced as one platform and then after that um that place started to outgrow itself and all of a sudden there were only serious concerts right you couldn't do the like the random the random coffee shop anymore gig. It would just turned into, like, it was Bob Dylan at the Bowl or whatever. And then you had festivals with Hendrix. He was on a poster burning guitars on stage, right? So then as time goes on, that expands into radio, and we get Top 40, Casey Kasem and Wolfman Jack and, like, college radio left of the dial telling us what to listen to and who to support. And then MTV comes, right, and gives us music videos, and we were just totally not ready to, like, know how tiny prince actually was (laughs) or like how teased your hair can get when it's soaked in aquanet you know what i mean they were just mediums it's how we digested art it's what we would talk about with our friends you know in the in the 50s and in and the the greenwich era you know, you had like the, you know, you'd have somebody say like, "Uh, I saw this, uh, I saw this nasally little Woody Guthrie impersonator. Uh, his name was Bob Dylan. He was playing at the Purple Onion. You know what I mean? Or I think Jimmy had acid in his bandana. Or, or Madonna's like the hottest thing since fingerless gloves or whatever. You know, whatever the buzz talk was. The purpose was these mediums helped fans discover music and art, and the new medium." is social media. So if we take that and accept that, which is what I'm attempting to do here, I find myself having to decide whether I want to participate in that. And if I do, which I think I do, that means I have to think about the marketing properties of it. The marketing properties means I have to think like a promoter. The promoter aspect of it. A promoter aspect of art. All right, so we're going to get into some real talk. Get ready. You know when I'm doing the real talk voice, I always take a little dramatic pause by now. That was it. (laughs) No matter how much, I would prefer not to deal with this. Because I personally find it to be kind of a bummer. Mostly because I find it boring, but the other reason is I'm just not mentally great at it. But the reality is this. Marketing is part of the music business. Now, we all know this. And we can all yell about it being the necessary evil. But to be honest, it's kind of like Grandpa shouting at an airplane for making too much noise in the neighborhood. It doesn't matter. It's what the truth is. Marketing is part of the music business. And if you're an artist and you're a music artist and you're a small time songwriter and you want to be part of the music business, then you better learn how to market or you better learn marketing or at least your role in the giant machine of it. It's just part of being a working, self promoting artist. And I want the gig. Don't you want the gig? I want the gig, I want the tour. If you won't take it, I'll take it. I'll take it right from you if I need to. <laughs> if you're not going to if you're not going to take advantage of going on tour, I'm going to go on tour. I want the connection with the venues and the talent buyers. And I want to connect with other fellow artists so that I can learn and grow and get mentored. But it's going to require marketing. That's what it is. It's selling yourself. It's telling people why you matter. So in other words, it's living life showing your values in a clear enough way to find your tribe that's how you live life you're just marketing yourself it's kind of gross to think about but it's it's true if you really think about it we we put our best selves forward to strangers all the time when we introduce ourselves in the real world we need to do that on social media too we need to find a way to connect in that way we we want to do it in the, in, the, in the best way we can, in the most honest way, but we also have to do it. It's part of the cycle. It's part of the industry. So with that, I started seeing social media from the eyes of a promoter or a manager or a marketer. I started thinking about my client. My client is me, by the way. <laughs> but I, I changed my seats, you know, mentally. I reframed. I said, okay, I'm the marketer now. I'm the promoter. Which means I have to find fans for my client because I, I believe in my client. So I had to ask myself, where are they hanging out? You know, the Greenwich Village team, You know, they wouldn't waste their time leaving hand-drawn posters of Sam Cooke with the suits in the offices or the bank tellers. They knew where to go. They knew to go to the Purple Onion. You have to go where the fans are so you have to ask yourself again and again: Where are they hanging out? Are they the tribute band? Are they at the tribute band bar? You know, at the bar at the City Fest gig that's on face. You know, like Facebook is just, is that to me? Or are they like at the local art on the walls coffee shop that is Instagram? Are they dancing to Toki Monster on TikTok? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you like you need to find you need to first think about where your fans are, and then. You can decide what, how much you want to participate in social media. And, and I think it's something that we have to deeply consider. Because after we consider where they are, we have to do an even deeper question, an even more important question. Where are my fans? I can only speak for myself. I have a certain genre. I'm pretty sure I have a certain kind of fan. They must have gone through some struggle or appreciate people that struggle. They, they they probably want to overcome trauma or circumstance. They want to spend time talking about politics from the neighborhood perspective, not from the you know college sort of you know suit and tie perspective. They want to connect through like the city, the barrio, the East Coast They want to, they don't want pickup trucks. They want to play dice with the Italians on the corner. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's my fan. Those are my fans. They want to know what that felt like, what that looks like. They want to, they want to hear stories about crime and, and, and and overcoming, um, and doing better and being better in their, in their later stages of life. Now, there are a lot of reasons why I don't want to go actually too deep into the social media conversation, Because the truth is, I just don't know that much about it. I'm still trying to figure it all out. So take whatever I take, whatever I give, you know, as a grain of salt, if you're looking for advice, I'm not really giving you advice. I'm just sort of telling you what I'm going through and how I would approach it. And if you want to try it, try it with me, you know, because I'm trying it in real time. What I'm trying to say is there are a lot of more qualified people, a lot of influencer types that have tons more followers So like, why would you listen to? What I have to say about it? And I've thought about that. Why would I have to, why would I make a podcast about this? And why would I feel the need to take this approach when people that are way more successful don't seem to be taking that approach? And I thought to myself, you know, yeah, but do they have real fans? Do they have people that are going to help them fill a room to sell tickets? If you live your life just being on social media and it takes so much from you, and you gain all these likes and these followers but no one knows who you are. No one cares about what you do other than whether you're doing what's popular or what or what looks popular or what looks like you have it together. Then it becomes sort of corrupted by that and then you have nothing, right? You have these like these empty shows where you're like you know, you can show a music venue, I have 2,000 followers on my Instagram, or I have 100,000 followers on my Instagram, or I have a a hundred, one million TikTok views or whatever. And then they're like, okay, cool. Well, can you bring 70 people to the gig tomorrow? Because that's the only way you're getting the gig. You know, can you bring them on Saturday? And you say, well, I have 2 million people. You think 70 people are going to show up? I mean, maybe, but if you're honest, if you have an honest conversation, like if you're at home right now and you're listening to this, wherever you're doing, maybe you're working out or camping or whatever. If you're listening to this, think about the followers and your social media numbers right now. Do you think that you can get 50 people in a, in a show for you? If you if you can honestly think about it and say, I don't think I can get that many people to go to my show. The problem isn't to blame the the social media app. The problem isn't to blame the people that are following you because they're only following you because you're giving them what, you, what, what they want. So you have to start considering, like, what do you want? What do you want to give them? So anyway, the point is, after I broke everything down, I started thinking about how to deal with everything in a more balanced way. I started trying to separate myself from artist and marketer and user when it came to social media. Also, I started to reiterate the idea of maybe I need to stay on one or two platforms because it's probably more important for me to get good at one or two, then move on, than to just throw a a large net and have it not mean anything. And the other thing that was most important is that I started feeling like it was the only way that I was going to be able to keep myself together, mentally, from burning out, from making chaos, from feeling like I wasn't going to do anything correct or not matter and get into that headspace that makes me depressed or anxious or whatever. So I came up with this thing. I just wrote it on a whim and it was going to be originally what this podcast was going to be about, but now it's kind of all turned into this long ramble. But I'll go through them really quickly and then we'll wrap up for today. All right. Here are five ways to not lose your soul on social media. <laughs> Number one, choose wisely. Carefully consider what platforms actually serve you and your goals, which stresses you out and which one is built for your user self versus your artist self and promoter self. Prioritize yourself into in, in like three parts, the artist self, the user self, the promoter self. If after some deep diving and research in that platform doesn't serve all three, then maybe you shouldn't do it. And if you have, honestly, like if you have honest energy, like you really feel like you can take on another platform, then at least make it a two out of three rule. Okay, number two, start small. Small business to corporation. Treat it like a startup position. You're starting at the bottom and that's okay. You don't have to grandstand for anyone, especially not yourself. Understand you have to start somewhere, and starting somewhere is often at the very bottom. So don't worry about how many followers you can get in a day. Focus on what you want to do on the platform and share with the small number you have. Number three, plan ahead with a little wiggle room. Now, this one was kind of funny because uh, I'm not the best planner, so this is why I needed to plan ahead with a little wiggle room. I need to kind of have an outline. I'm not good at, like, hard scheduling You know, I like to keep things pretty loose. You know what I mean? I like to live in a moon jump. I can get out of the rain, but it's bouncy and fun. (laughs) That doesn't even make sense. I don't even know where that came from. But uh, the purpose is planning a day can be fulfilling. It's like a real relationship, you know? Like when I plan a date or when I plan a day or a dinner, it's fulfilling for me. It's an act of love. But I always got to keep a little room for a spontaneous moment or two. You know, it kind of keeps the fire burning. I think that's how I need to approach social media. A little bit of security, a little bit of spontaneity. It's like the key to a healthy relationship, I think. Number four. This one's super important. Set boundaries. You know, I have an addictive personality. I'm very interested in risky behavior. You know, I decided to be a songwriter with no cash or skill for a reason. <laughs> I have started and risked failure more times than I have, had, have ever made the climb you know, and, and, and I do it on such a consistent basis that when I get out of a situation clean and clear, I'm kind of just shocked or relieved. (laughs) It's just how I am. Boundaries are tough for me. I I go to the extreme on everything. And if you're like me and you do things in the spout of momentum, it's, it's a superpower. You can get a lot done. It's really good. It makes you passionate. It gives you magnetism. It's what people see as like self-confidence. But to me, it's just being myself. You know, I'm just being a dog in the sun. I'm chasing a car. You know, I'm going to pee on a mailbox sometimes or bark at the neighbors. I don't hold anything back. It's just how I am. It's not a self-confidence thing. It's just a self-awareness thing. Part of that is knowing that I have a hard time not knowing when enough is enough. And then I burn out because of it. Social media has beat me to shit because of my boundary problems. And I spend every moment on it. I start forgetting to be in the present. I, I... Put my emotional value on strangers that don't really know me that well. It's gotten me into deep debates about politics that don't even move the needle. It's kept me up at night, responding to random people. I just have found over time that the best thing to do with social media and things like social media, things that just ask for you to give to it all the time, is to set a boundary around it. So, number five is kind of the most obvious one and we've all heard it a billion kajillion times but I think I found a new angle about it and it's number five of how to not lose your soul on social media is be authentic and I'm gonna end the podcast with this idea because what we never really talk about is authenticity It's super complicated there are so many help like help like self-help books about it, you know? Like how to do it, how to be more authentic. And they get all skewed trying to bend it into this marketing buzzword. But I think in the end I've learned to keep it pretty simple. Authenticity is truth. Authenticity is your truth. You are authentic when you are true. That's it. When you are the truth, you are authentic. Being truthful and being authentic, it comes with responsibility. It comes with self-reflection, with releasing your ego, with releasing that fake bullshit that requires you to break through the narrative you want others to see in you. And you have to admit to yourself what and who you are. It's about not pretending you don't want to make money with your music when all you want to do is make money with your music. (laughs) It's not, it's, it's about not pretending that you want to be friends with people on social media when all you want to do is promote. If you want to promote, you just promote. If you want to be friends with everybody, you be friends with everybody. If you want to do both, you do both, but you don't fake it. You got to connect with people from a real place, from where you are actually coming from. It's not being. It, Being authentic is not being afraid to say how you feel about something despite its conflict. Authenticity is like happiness. It's like being happy. It's not something you are. It's something you choose to do. That's the only way. I have fought with my authentic self forever. I really have. I still struggle with it now, but I'm closer because I admit that I'm working on it. It's a lifelong pursuit, and then maybe further than that if there's an afterlife. All it requires of you is to try and live with authenticity. Now, I don't got it all figured out, but I do know that if you want to apply this to a small timer life, and if I want to have a life where I'm not playing the social media influencer game and live an artist's life that brings me joy and gratitude, well, I can't hesitate to share how I feel about any any particular subject that comes up, to share any song, to share any story I think I need to tell. It's the only way to a good life, if you really think about it. At least that's what I've found over living my life so far. It, it's kind of like your fighting chance, at very least, for a good life, is to be authentic. I think it works in the same sort of vein when it comes to, um, you know, how it all takes from us, you know? There, there's something from, from Aristotle that I think I can apply to social media and, and authenticity. It's a friend to all is a friend to no one. I think that's what can happen when you succumb to trends and bandwagons. When you focus on perception of you to strangers on social media rather than just going through the alienation or the struggle or the conflict of it. I had this song I was working on um, with this phrase. It, it was uh, the only... The only way passes through. And lately I I have been back in this like philosophical reading mood. And I've been reading Marcus Aurelius and other Stoics and stuff like that. And, And it's been an ongoing theme. And I think I might have picked it up through osmosis or something like that. The general concept is the problem is the way. The obstacle is the way. The only way through the act is the act. And that's what being your authentic self is. It's saying there's only one way to do this. It's to be me. That's to be who I am right now. And yeah, I can evolve. I can grow. I can change. And that's okay. That's part of being your authentic self. But that also comes with the admittance that we have to admit when we screwed up. We have to announce it clearly to as many people that are willing to listen so that the world knows that we've changed. We've made uh, an operational twist. You know what I mean? It's, it's dealing with the shame So you can accept the love for your true self. The truth. And the truth is authentic. Your truth is you being your authentic self. And living that way is going to make you so happy, I think. Because I'm working on it and I'm feeling better. I feel lighter thinking about this kind of stuff. And it'll keep me from burning out. So it'll probably keep you from burning out. And it'll keep you from not playing the game. And not being yourself. You want to be yourself. Why would you want fans any other way? I'd rather have two or three OG fans and 3,000 liking my posts but not coming to my concerts. So number five is super important. Thank you for listening. And oh, I got a bonus one. Keep working on music. <laughs> you got to keep working on music. Music is first. Art is first. Always, no matter what, with social media. And I'll see you guys next week. And thank you so much for tuning in and participating on social media, on uh, on Instagram and all that stuff. Um, I want to talk to you about uh, next week's podcast, which I'm really excited. It's going to be called Small Time Mailbag. And it's just a wellness check with other small timers like you. I'm going to read uh, some of your messages about things that bring you joy that you're excited about doing. Things that bring you worry and you're a little stressed out about and not sure about. And any questions you might have, and the attempt to answer them from my point of view and my experiences. So I'm really excited to share that um, on the next episode. So tune into that, and thank you for listening. Of course, you can find me on Instagram as I grow my followers. Oops, I almost didn't give you my update. It's at 68 today. So you know, I'm getting one or two a week. Not too bad for me because we're dealing with small time.